let's be real. Lawsuits are no fun, but with Paulson and Nace, at least they are a little easier. With two DC-born partners, Paulson and Nace will fight for you the way only a Washingtonian could. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, wrongful death, and other complex injury cases involving negligence. So if you have been hurt or lost a loved one because of someone else's mistake or negligence, call Paulson and Nace for a no-obligation consultation. Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Here's what DC is talking about. So if there's anything that makes me low-key want to leave DC sometimes, it's the mosquitoes and it's the rats. I've already seen some furry foes scurrying around my back alley this spring, and it's only going to get worse as this warm year gets even warmer. So I'm chatting with Gerard Brown, who runs DC Health's Rodent Control Department, and Bomani Ntume, whose dog hunts rats in Adams Morgan, about how to stop the rats before they get out of control. It's Thursday, April 20th. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. So, Gerard, it feels like there are more rats in the city than normal. Are there? Is that actually what's happening? We don't exactly know how many rats it is, but we know how many complaints we get. And the complaints have increased for the past three or four years, you know, almost a thousand a year. So last summer was pretty hot, and I'm sure that really escalated the rat problem. Honestly, it makes me even more nervous for what's ahead this year, which is set to be the warmest on record. How many calls did D.C. Health get about the rat problem last June and July? 9,664. So that's almost 10,000 D.C. residents who are concerned and sick and tired of the rats in D.C. Yes, but so you got to factor in some people call about the same rat. Sometimes when we have a piece in the newspaper or on TV, and then the main message is to call 311. And then you'll see the calls go up. But there's still more calls, even with that considered. Since 2019, we got 6,048 calls. 2020, we got 8,107 2021, we got 11,391. Wow, that is, yeah, it's really increasing. So that's a lot of complaints. I also feel like the rats have maybe gotten a bit bigger. Have you heard or seen anything about that, or am I imagining things? Well, Dr. Corrigan said they are not. They said they only weigh about a pound. Right, so for people listening, Bobby Corrigan is an urban rodentologist, which means he studies city rats for a living. And he runs D.C.'s annual rat academy every summer. Yes, but what happens is that they puff up their fur for defensive mechanism to make it look like they're bigger. I've heard from residents that, that rats are as big as cats. I have not seen it, but that's what I hear. That makes a lot of sense that they're puffing themselves up. And so we're just seeing them look bigger. Maybe they're not necessarily actually bigger, but that certainly is a lot grosser. You know, when you encounter them on the street, when they scurry in front of you. I guess one of my questions is, why do you think that we're seeing more complaints around the rats? What's going on here? What happened with the pandemic is the way we live changed. At first, all the restaurants shut down. 
Everybody was working from home. You had food deliveries, Grubhub, Uber Eats. I could stand on my front for an hour and see five or six deliveries. And what I noticed from driving through the city, that the trash in most alleys was overflowing. Because we home and we generate more trash. And people, I don't think, use their garbage disposal as, as much as they should. They put the food waste in the trash, and that draws the rats to them. And then when you don't have enough room in your trash can, people tend to put the trash bags on the ground, and the trash bags sit on the ground for a few days, and that draws the rats, attract the rats, and support the rats. And that's happened all over the city. The rats had changed just like us, when the restaurants closed in, they migrated into the residential areas, and we fed them. They had plenty of food to eat when they came there. So our position is we need to teach people how to put out their trash and not put food in the trash can, not put the trash out if the can is overflowing until it's getting ready to be collected. Okay, this is great advice. And we're talking a lot about individual people's trash choices, how they dispose of their trash and all that. What about compost? Is composting worse than other types of trash at attracting rats? If it's food, then it's going to attract rats. The only way that I see composting is going to not attract rats is in metal containers. If it's in heavy-duty plastic, that's a piece of cake for the rats. They can chew right through it. It's not that the rats say, oh, look at that plastic. That looked like something good to eat. <laughs> you know, it's not the plastic. It's the food inside the can. Oh, my gosh. So in my alley, all of the plastic trash cans have those holes cut in them. And every time we walk by, we joke that it's like a little rat drive through where they're just getting in there and getting all the food. So I actually need this information. Where can I find those metal trash containers and what do they cost? So right now, you have to be careful because DPW, their trucks are fitted to lift up the super cans. So what they're doing right now, they're working with some engineers that can make a material that the rats can't chew through for the residential cans. Because we see it too, and they see it too, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really comes down to not putting food in your trash cans, which I feel like a lot of D.C. residents, this is like new information because you're cleaning up your food waste. It goes in the trash. The trash goes into the alley. You're kind of trained to stop thinking about it at that point. But I feel like what you're suggesting is kind of a mindset reframing of how you actually do and deal with your household garbage. Yes, that's right. The idea is to change people's behavior. Mm, I mean, I hear you on that. And I want to play devil's advocate a little bit because it just seems so difficult to limit putting food out in your trash. Like in my apartment, my garbage disposal is like pretty janky. So I definitely over rely on just scraping it into the trash or like those styrofoam containers that chicken comes in. Like that's always going to have food residue on it. How can we actually make this be protocol that folks can actually live in their everyday lives, like not throwing food out in the garbage so much? So one thing, we're not going to get rid of all the rats, not in my lifetime. <laughs> Our goal is reduction. So I live in D.C. I live in a row house. When I noticed that before the trash day, my trash cans were overflowing. 
And I noticed, like, my wife might put chicken bones or scraps and stuff in the trash. So I got another can. And I put, it's a can that has a clamp on it. And I put that trash in that can. And I take it out to the super can when it's time for it to be collected the night before. And some people freeze their garbage. I don't go that far, but I've talked to people that do. And they freeze their garbage and they put it out close to the time it's collected. So there is a multi-pronged strategy to prevent rats at the Brown household. You've got the super cans, the clamps. You're you're on it. I am. <laughs> but the thing with that is everybody has to be on it because the rats can travel 150 feet to get to their food. So a lot of times when people call and they see rats in their yard, they don't live in their yard. They just passing through to get to their food. So if somebody in my alley is not behaving the way they should, then it's a real possibility that rats going to show up. Well, it's like you were saying earlier um, that it really has to be a community effort that it's so easy to be like, oh, my neighbor moved in and he doesn't take care of his trash or like this person brought the rats with them. But that's kind of the wrong mindset because it really is going to be a community effort to truly deal with the rat population in D.C. Yeah. So what we do is we take it block by block because each block is different. And we create partnerships with residents and businesses. We have a community hygiene program that three requirements that is rat problems, trash problems, and people that are sick and tired of it. And they're more open to suggestions and recommendations when they walk out their back door and a rat run across their foot. So we get these people in the room and build partnerships. We have some people on Capitol Hill. They walk with us and they keep note of how many rat burrows we find at what address. And we go there once a month. And that's one relationship we have. And they appreciate it. When people know what they can do to help, most people don't mind. David, thanks for chatting with me. So like you and I both have cars in the DC metro area and sometimes they're great, but sometimes they can be a hassle. And I heard you had car issues, man. Yes, my car like me is old and falling apart. (laughs) And so I wanted to get it fixed. But one of the truly unpleasant tasks I find in the world is getting your car fixed because you have to take it usually somewhere extremely distant, extremely inconvenient, arrange some alternate form of transportation. And so I heard about Rota, rota rota.com. And I went on the rota.com website And they will come and pick your car up, take it from you, and then do the work and bring it back to you. And so I made an appointment on Roto, which was easy as pie, beautiful user interface um, for the work that I wanted done. The valet showed up at around 10 o'clock at my house as exactly on time, very easy, just handed him my keys. He drove off with my car. About an hour later, April called me. She said, here are some things that we found with your car in addition to what you want to do. She sent me videos that Michael... Wait, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a car nerd, so I like want to know the nitty gritty of what's happening because I, I don't know stuff. A million percent. They sent me this video. There was a particular belt that was had broken and they sent me a video of it and they sent me a list of sort of here are the things that were recommended. Here are the things that seemed urgent to fix and I could choose what I wanted to fix and sent that back to them, which took me like three minutes. Michael, the technician, fixed it. They then texted me and said, oh, your car's on the way back. My car was back in front of my house at 2.30. I'd given it to them at 10. 
was back in front of my house that afternoon. Also, note, the valet did a much better job parking in front of my house than I do. (laughs) Don't they always? So much closer to the curb. And it was an incredibly pleasant, super easy experience. And they were very trustworthy. They were clear about what they were going to fix. And it was incredibly convenient. Yeah. So this, like, seems like a dream. Uh, I have used them before, but it's been a bit. Would you use them again for something like this? I would use Rhoda again in a second. I would use Rhoda. And they have a discount for us, too, for CityCast listeners. So if you go to Rhoda.com, they have the discount code CityCast20, and you get 20% off. Sweet. Uh, Plots, David, thank you so much for talking with me. Again, CityCast listeners, you get 20% off off any Rhoda service, up to $100, using the code CityCast20. So go to Rhoda.com. That's R-O-D-A.com. Book your appointment. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. You know, you mentioned taking walks with government representatives. Before we hit record, you and I were talking about Mayor Bowser and her rat walk and how that one rat walk ended with the department being funded differently. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Actually, it was more than one rat walk. The one that we were talking about was the one in DuPont Circle. It was a multi-agency walk. We had the community, we had agency directors, and we walked around. And it was a learning experience for the mayor, too. One situation, we got to uh, a building that had a base station. A base station is a little black box with poison in it. And she asked me, do those really work? And I said, look around the corner. And it was overflowing trash cans and bags of trash on the ground, you know. So the same situation, the rats not going to eat the poison when they have all this food, you know. So she understood that. Yeah. So let's say that I have a rat problem and I called DC Health to help me out. What's the process like for treatment? What do you all do? So we have 17 certified pest controllers. When you call 311, nine times out of 10, somebody's going to be conducting an inspection tomorrow. What we do is come out and look for conditions that support rats. And we look for the rat burrows, the holes in the ground. And when we find them, we inject some rodenticide in it. It's called tracking powder, which we mainly use. It's a powder that we pump in the burrow, and it gets on the rat's fur. And when they groom themselves, they ingest the rodenticide, and it kills them. It works better than the bait, the little green blocks and stuff, because the bait competes with food. So if you had a piece of a green block on the ground and a piece of chicken, what you going to (laughs) eat? Definitely the chicken. (laughs) Right. So the poison bait competes with food, but the tracking powder does not because it gets 
directly on them. Oh, that's so fascinating. And I know that we were talking a little bit before we started recording about some of the maybe less effective treatments that people have tried to take care of rats and mice and pests in their homes, things like cats or peppermint oil on cotton balls. What do you say about those kind of, I guess we'll say, alternative treatments that might not be the most traditionally effective, but people try nonetheless? Well, I won't argue with somebody that say it works. If it's working for you, it's working for me. But I don't recommend those type things. Cats, we don't support cats killing rats. We don't support something that you can put down to deter them. The main thing we want to get across to residents is sanitation, is rodent control. Have you heard of any like weird rat control strategies that people have tried? Yes. <laughs> Can you share one with us? Right now, you have groups of people that use dogs that kill rats. I don't know if you heard of that. They did it in the 18th century. People had their mainly terriers, and they had them, and they had pits of rats. And the, the men would drop their dogs in the pit, and they bet on what dog would kill the most rats the fastest. Those dogs are still around. It's companies now that you can actually pay, and they'll bring their dogs out. Oh, my God. It is fascinating. One of the, the owners of one of the companies told me he went to an area, and his dogs killed 40 rats in 10 minutes. You know, and he was saying if the dogs go out and they don't get any rats, he can tell that they are disappointed. They look disappointed, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's too funny. Oh, I'm so glad that I asked. I I'd love it if you could settle a little bet that we have here on the CityCast team. What neighborhood in D.C. do you get the most complaints about? Can you tell us that? I can't settle that bet. So <laughs> the, the, the way I usually answer that question is that we get the least amount of complaints in Ward 3, 7, and 8. The rest of the wars usually go up and down around the same amount month to month. Okay, that's that's helpful. What ward did you bet on? Oh, Ward 1, for sure. That's Ward 1, 2, 4, 5, <laughs> and 6. They fluctuate. They go up and down. Oh, so people are just in those wards are just complaining about the rats. Maybe it's difficult to say... You know, oh, like DuPont Circle full of rats, Columbia Heights full of rats, but it just sort of fluctuates up and down among those wards. Yes. I mean, one rat is too many. And then we might go to somebody else. I've been to somebody else and was see rats in this yard in, in one situation where a person was coming out the door and I said, well, We're here for the rats. I haven't seen no rats. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm standing right by a rat hole. So some people don't see them. Some people do. And some people may not go in the back a lot. They don't know what's going on back there. You know, and, and rats kind of take over. Because people, we want people to call before the rats get too bad. We don't want people to call after the rats start eating wise in their car, tearing up the trash can. If you see a rat or you think you see a rat, we want you to call us. Don't wait too long. So how can people learn more about the best ways to deal with the rats that they might be seeing in D.C.? So we have a lot of information on our website, D.C. Health. We had the Rotor Control Academy last month. And what we are doing now is working on putting it on social media, on our website. So that's just the best thing to go to our website. That's really helpful. 
I feel like I'm learning that I've been a little bit of a, a negligent neighbor with how I throw out my foodstuffs. Yes. So you are now deputized. <laughs> so when you see Raz, you send me an email and let me know where it's at. And I have a team go out there and try to find it. Oh, will do. Well, Gerard, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like I learned a lot and I think I'm going to change my behavior going forward. And I hope some of our listeners do too. Thank you. I do too. And I enjoy talking to you. Okay, so after talking with Gerard, we just had to look more into those rat-killing dogs he talked about. And that's how we got in touch with Bomani and Tume. Hey, I'm Bomani and Tume, and I'm the owner of the rat-hunting Karen Terrier named Bartholomew, or Barto for short. Terriers were bred to hunt vermin, so rat-hunting came natural to Barto. It's in his DNA. No training was needed. Bomani and Barto first started hunting with a Georgetown group in September. But when that group went on hiatus, they sought out a new hunting ground. A few of us wanted to try hunting somewhere different, so I called Gerard Brown, and he recommended Adams Morgan. I then got in touch with the executive director of the Adams Morgan partnership bid, and she was all for it. Overall, the response has been positive. People recognize the dogs right away. They come up and thank us for what we're doing. But then there are those people who think we're abusing our dogs and they're going to get seriously sick or even die because the rats have so many diseases and probably have been poisoned. We take precautions against leptospirosis, which the dogs can get from coming in contact with rat urine. Other than that, there's not much else the dogs can catch. Rats don't carry rabies, so that's not a concern. And since the dogs don't eat the rats, there's really no chance of them being poisoned. Some people also say what we're doing is inhumane, but poison causes a rat to hemorrhage internally and it can take five days for the rat to die. A dog can shake and kill a rat in 10 seconds. So which method is more humane? Bomani, Barto, and their rat-killing group head out on ADMO pretty regularly. We all know there are a lot of rats to kill out there, and the rest of the city could use their help too. Bomani says all you need is the right breed of dog. That's a terrier, a dachshund, or a lurcher. A lurcher is a sighthound mix. You then just need to find like-minded people with the same type of dogs and just go hunting. It's as easy as that. We found Bomani through a Washingtonian article, which we'll link to in our show notes. Plus, you can learn more about how to get rid of rats in your neighborhood by going to DC Health's website. That's also in our show notes. And be sure to keep an eye out for the Rodent Control Academy that they set up every summer. And before you go, audio producer Julia Karen is here with some quick news. Starting May 26th, students in Arlington Public Schools will be allowed to carry Narcan, the nasal spray that reverses opioid overdoses. The school system is introducing this and other drug prevention efforts after a 13-year-old student died from an apparent opioid overdose earlier this year. Other efforts include staff trainings, counseling, and education on opioids for middle and high school students. Meanwhile, you might remember that months ago, the Montgomery County Planning Board resigned after being accused of cultivating a hostile work environment. But a new investigation has found that those allegations were unfounded. The council plans to refill the board, which is still down to two members, including a chairperson, in June. And finally, we are getting a new farmer's market. Yes. The Anacostia Community Museum will host it on Saturdays starting this weekend through November. It will be the first fresh farm market in Ward 8, which only has one full-service grocery store for tens of thousands of residents. And before we forget, 
Here's your DC life hack. So, most of you know that the double circles on the metro map are for transfer points for stations, but there is one that is not marked, and it's kind of unique. So, if you get off the Farragut North Station and cross Farragut Park to the Farragut West Station, you know, red line to blue and orange, it acts like a transfer station. You'll just be charged for the total distance like a normal transfer during a trip. Pretty nice. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. Share this episode with your friend who lives in a ratty area of D.C. or anywhere in D.C. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.